Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this episode, the Brand Extract team discuss the basics of customer journey mapping. They break down the fundamental elements that make up customer journey mapping, discuss why it's important in your overall brand journey, and walk you through implementing your own process. They also discuss the outcomes that can come from customer journey mapping and give some real world examples to go along with them. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome to Solving for B. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes, and today we're talking about customer journey mapping. What is it, why it's important, and how your brand can use it? So to help me break down this topic, I'm joined by Director of Brand Experience, Cynthia Stepech. Hey there. Director of Marketing and Communications, Laura Ehrlich. Hey, Chris. And making his podcast debut, Director of User Experience, Jonathan Cohen. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Um, so... As you guys know, we're talking about customer journey mapping here today. Um, so I, I want to start by uh, by maybe uh, informing those out there who may not be initiated. What is customer journey mapping? What is it used for? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one, Chris. Uh, journey maps are a common UX tool. Uh, they're also a common marketing tool, and I'm sure you've heard them called user uh user journey mapping or customer journey mapping, buyer journey mapping. Uh, so they are a, it's a visual representation of a, of a buyer or a user's journey or customer's journey through a product or a service. Um, you know, it helps us visualize what they're going through so that we can capture things like pain points or even like opportunities that we're missing out on uh, so that we can look at that a bit deeper and then develop strategies based off of it. So it's a really awesome tool. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it, it's like you mentioned, it's visual. I think one of the things is like, you can have all this research pulled together, but if it's just a wall of text, it's not as usable. These customer journey maps, in my experience, do a really good job of making the information uh, digestible um, and, and, and useful. Is that, I, I imagine that's by design, or, or I mean, do, do you know um, what the purpose of making it a more visual as opposed to like a more delivered, you know, document is? Yeah, I think for a lot of folks, it's like, like you were saying, it's like if it shows up in a report, it's written, it gets a little hard to kind of dig through and pull out those key uh, facts and uh, things that you may have otherwise passed up, uh, and it's more noticeable when it's it, when it's visualized. The other thing about the journey map being kind of a visual thing, and also this being a really visual type of driven uh, methodology, is that you can include a lot of people to join in to help with the journey mapping. Uh, that's a great aspect. It's really uh, an amazing tool for collaboration with groups. And even with that, it's not typically the uh, role of just the UX uh, facilitator or professionals to get in there and do this. Uh, it's a, the type of exercise that really benefits from um, a lot of subject matter experts being present, uh, which is something we typically do inside uh, here at Brand Extract whenever we do journey mapping um, you know, uh, workshops. 
Yeah, and, and I think an, an, another thing about the visual aspect of it is you're able to digest a lot of information at a glance. Yeah. I think that really mm -hmm. helps because this is a journey and you're able to see from the time that this customer is first introduced to your product or service or brand and what that looks like and the ups and downs and the touch points along the way, whatever. So there's so much that you're trying to digest and that visual map gives it to you kind of at a glance. So I think it makes it really helpful, but it's not to say when you deliver a report on a customer journey that there's not tremendous pages. <laughs> exactly. You're talking yeah. about the opportunities that come out of it and so many other things, but yes, that map itself is, is terrific at a glance. Awesome. So Go ahead, Sam. I was going to say that it's, uh, I think the biggest thing is, is that it turns the buyer's journey or the user or customer's journey into a story. And it's a story that takes into account every phase of their journey. This is really the point where it's like we can really start to kind of, kind of like slice and dice how what we're offering as a brand, um, how they're engaging and interacting with it. It's a lot of stuff that could get missed. And it's um, it's an amazing tool, so that you know it's it's easier to see it show me uh, versus having to you know kind of dig through piles of information. So yeah, and Cynthia, you nailed it when you talked about how they engage with the brand. I mean, from the the strategic brand standpoint, that's those are the kind of things that we want to know when we're developing a brand strategy and putting together the assessment for a client or a customer is how are they interacting? Is it a positive or negative experience? You're getting into the mind of the consumer. And I also wanna make a note that when we say consumer, that you know, there's B2C space and B2B space. This doesn't only apply to a B2C space. We're using the term consumer as sort of an all encompassing term, but that consumer could mean your employee because you wanna track what, what how they engage with your brand and are they a potential hire? And once they get hired, are they going to be re retained? So that consumer could be an employee. It could be a buyer. It could be another business. It could be an acquisition prospect. So keep in mind that it, this doesn't just apply to B and C, but definitely it's a, it's a critical part to a brand strategy because it is going to show how that consumer getting into the mind of the consumer and how they are interacting with the brand at different stages. Well, and this is a good segue here, I think, because I wanted to talk about why or potentially how is it important to a brand? Um, how, how, in what ways can a customer journey map improve or a customer journey mapping exercise uh, improve your, your customer experience? Well, for one thing I can say is, and then, you know, Cynthia being the expert on sort of the user experience, but a customer journey map can take business insights and turn those into long time, long term improvement strategies. You know, so you're taking these little bits of information and you're putting it together, you're watching this journey of the buyer, and you you have a strategy map almost because it's gonna tell you how you need to be speaking to these people to get them to the next stage of that journey to address the pain points of that journey, their challenges during that stage, and how you're pushing them along. And then, you know, even at the buying stage, you want to retain them and you want to keep that, that engagement going on. So, you know, I, I would definitely say it, it turns kind of these little nuggets into a larger, big, long-term 
kind of strategy that all ties back into your business goals. Yeah, and I think it, 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 it you know, in my experience, it maps out or it, it draws a delineation as to like why you're you're doing you're take, undertaking these activities and these tactics, right? A lot of times when we're, when we're developing marketing plans and things like that, if you don't understand, and we'll talk very shortly about personas, if you don't understand those personas and what they're going through at each of the phases, then you're kind of just putting messages out as opposed mm-hmm. to understanding, okay, what types of messages need to go out to address what issues or highlight what benefits uh, to, to achieve what desired outcome, right? So I think a customer journey map, when done properly, allows you to um, really point to like, this is why we're doing this podcast. This is why we're doing this ad or we're advertising in this channel or our messaging says this. Cynthia, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I was going to say it really takes into account like who you're speaking to. Um, it's easy to uh, put yourself in the shoes of the customer or your target audience and saying, I know what's going to resonate with them. Historically, this is what we've done in the past. It always works. Um, probably not the right way to go about things. <laughs> That's what we typically say. Uh, the journey map is a great exercise in empathy. And we Per every phase in the uh, in their journey, we look at not just like their actions and what they're doing and those key touch points, but we're literally looking at uh, their emotional state. Like, what are their pain points? Like, how are they feeling? Are they up or down? Like, what's causing that? And uh, you know, every journey map starts with a high level goal tied into that specific persona, but then we actually break down the goals per phase. Uh, but you can't have a journey map without a persona. Yeah, well, that's a great segue. And and uh, JC, I want to get your thoughts on, on, you know, like what role personas play in a customer journey mapping exercise? Well, I heard, I heard my magic word there. That was empathy. That is uh, my mantra that I, I try to stress to everyone is designed with empathy. Um, but it's not just that it's, it's build with empathy, plan with empathy, you know, research with empathy um, that, you know, you can't really have true empathy for someone if you don't know them. And so that's, that's part of getting to the thing behind the thing and what those motivators are, like Cynthia mentioned, um, think about it in your personal life. Um, it, the way you communicate with someone who's really stressed out is having a rough day has a lot going on, they're overwhelmed, you might talk to them in a different way than you would like who, from someone who's just on cloud nine, everything is perfect. You know, they feel like they can, they can handle any challenge in front of you. And so uh, if you're thinking of someone who is in a purchasing journey, um, you know, they're about to sign a massive contract with someone, they're probably really stressed out. Maybe they're not confident. They're not sure if they're making the right choice. Do they go with the right vendor? We've got to help guide them through that, that decision-making process to make sure they do feel more confident in their decision-making that, you know, they, when they get with you, they're, they're, they're confident that where they are is the right choice for themselves, for their business, for their team, for their department, that they're going to get return on investment from it. Um, and that's part of that, that communication uh, strategy that we need to have based on uh, the personas and the journey mapping that we do. Um, you know, it could be something as subtle as just, I'm going to use this word here, but I'm not going to use it here. Or I'm going to phrase something, the same point, but I'm going to phrase it a little bit differently, you know, pre-purchase and post-purchase. I want to say one thing about um, Cynthia mentioned earlier about there being a goal to this. I think that's really important. And what made me think into what uh, Jonathan was just talking about, because depending on the persona, and there are so many different 
types of people, young, old, you know, various race, creed, color, you know, religions, and all of that plays in all these demographics, whether they're a baby, baby boomer or all these things play into who makes up that person and, you know, the point of empathy, how are you going to connect with them? So you're building that persona. But when you have that goal, you want to know that persona's specific goal. So, you know, I've worked with JC a lot. Sorry, Jonathan Cohen here, also known as JC. I've worked with <laughs> JC a lot on building websites. And so that persona, we will have a goal of we want to get that person, that audience right there to visit this website. That's the goal. So that could be a little bit of a different journey than I want to get that person to buy that product. Right. So the personas right. can change and the journeys can change depending on that goal. So I just, you had mentioned that earlier, Cynthia, and I just wanted to emphasize that goal yeah. itself is really important too. And that's why it's like journey mapping, such a great tool because it has like so many different uses. It's not just for websites. It's not just for marketing campaigns. It's not just for mm -hmm. a product of some sort it Has a lot of different applications and for ourselves being a, a branding agency, a brand consultancy, it comes in really handy to look at our um, customer's target audience to understand what's going to resonate with them. Uh, that gives us like that extra, what I always like to call the secret sauce is like whenever we draw out those key opportunities from the journey map uh, to just gain a better understanding of how to optimize the experience so that it works for that specific type of target audience that persona uh for them so yeah and and, and it all ties uh, sorry chris I'll, I'll throw it back to you in a second it all ties back to that brand too right because sometimes it is called uh, a buyer's journey but in the example i gave just a second ago if the goal is to just visit the website that may be that ultimate goal so it's not making a purchase it's just how are we going to get them to go to that website well you know, with the brand, the brand, though, no matter what the goal, the brand is involved, no matter what that end goal is, we're wanting them to interact with the brand along the way. And so how they interact, how they engage, what they're feeling about the brand at that moment, all of that is going to make a difference on where they end up and whether or not they meet that goal. Yeah. And and personas, I want to, you know, I want to point out here that personas are are a cornerstone of customer journey mapping exercises, right? Because we're talking about empathy, we're talking about perspectives, we're talking about buyers and what we want them to do. Companies have different personas, they have different target markets. So the feelings, the needs, the concerns, the, the hangups are all gonna be uh, based on that persona type, or they're gonna differ based on that persona type. Yes, there are probably similarities. And that's, that's kind of, um, maybe some of the, the the power of a customer journey map is if you look through, you know, three, four, five different personas um, and you notice that there are, you know, at this phase, there's this level of consternation that probably points to a, 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 a systemic problem as opposed to, you know, something we can fix with a messaging or something like that. So it speaks to, to even more value of a customer journey map, not in simply identifying marketing messages or approaches or channels, but all right, maybe, maybe there's something we need to address with our business as a whole. So can we talk about a little bit the, 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 pers the importance of personas in this exercise? Yeah. Um, 
again, you can't have empathy for that. And again, the persona is a representative figure, a made up person who represents a segment of your broader target audience. And if you you have to develop a persona and kind of see the their how they're engaging and interacting with your brand and fully understand like what makes them tick. Like how are we really going to talk to them? Um, without having the persona, you're missing some key critical stuff and you could start to lean on um just kind of you know, it's, it's, it's like in your own head, like your assumptions of who, who they are and what's going to resonate with them. This is another big thing, like why it's important to look at personas and also why it's important to stay up with your personas is that as demographics change, the, the decision makers in today's market, the ages are changing. So where we were probably like more you know, baby boomers and then Gen X, we're moving into millennials, moving into a lot of those decision uh, making positions. And the things that resonate with that younger audience is different than what resonated with people in the past. And today with Gen Z coming up, it's very, very different. This is a part where, again, I think you mentioned earlier, like personalization is extremely important, not just to younger audiences, to everyone, especially after the, after, you know, 2000, the year 2000, 2001, and the pandemic and all that. And the expectation for personalization and for optimized experiences is really high. But if you do, if you develop the personas and you do the research and you verify that, you know, your vision and idea of the personas is actually backed up with research and that's them, you get closer to where you need to be with engaging with them and providing um, the type of customer experience or product that's going to resonate and click with them emotionally and psychologically. Yeah. One thing I can add is, is it a quick and easy sort of definition of persona? Because some people might have heard this before clients talk about this. So what's the difference between a persona and your audience? Well, your audience is the broad term. You know, your audience is IT managers. That's your audience. But the persona is Mr. Jones, comma, IT manager. What does Mr. Jones like? What does he do for fun? What does he read? What sort of programs does he watch? What age is he? What does he, does he have a family? What keeps him up at night? There's a really key question to really dig deep into a persona. What keeps you up at night? Then you start digging into the pain, the challenges. So your audience is a big broad term and you can say IT managers. The persona is you're getting really, really refined on, as Cynthia said earlier, what makes them tick? So, and those are the ways that you are getting inside that consumer's head and you are able then to define those messages. I think JC was talking about messaging earlier, you know, refining those messages. So you're speaking at them at the right time and with the right message during that time. Yeah. And, and just to, you know, I, we have a, we have a great podcast on, uh, on the, uh, the importance of personas, um, that, that, you know, you can check out, but to, to shameless uh, plug, Chris, yeah. shameless plug. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> um, I like but, it though. I like it. But I would say, watch Chris Wilk solving for B. The, these personas, <laughs> particularly, they're not built on, for those who, who may have not listened to that podcast, 
Um, these personas are built on lots of research, lots of um, data, lots of conversations with with Mr. Jones, not actually Mr. Jones, but you know whoever whoever represents Mr. Jones. So there's a lot of research and um, identification that goes into that. Um, so it's not like we're kind of making this up. This is, I mean, this entire process from the beginning, defining um, defining who your personas are all the way through the, the end is, is highly researched and, um, and considered. It's not, none of this is done, you know, quickly. I mean, it, it does take a little bit of time, but, but it, over and over again, it's proven itself to be worth. It. So let's jump into how do you create customer journey maps? So stuff like what are the needs? What are the steps? Maybe what's some prep work you have to do before you can actually, you know, get started. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, you know, research is really important from the get-go, and uh, I'm sure as JC will attest, it's like, you know, there is a lot of interviews and talking to people and surveys that go out um, to determine, like, who those key personas are. So again, like I said earlier, you can't really do the journey map without the persona. You could probably pull off a hypothetical um, journey map, which is based on assumptions. The goal is always to go back and verify that information. But, uh, you know, once you've established who your actors are in, in the journey map, you want to determine what's the actual scenario and the expectations. Uh, you know, what are we um, addressing in that journey map? And you could do a high level uh, journey map if you wanted to, uh, just to kind of capture a big picture view of like the organization, how it's probably engaging uh, with a certain audience member type, but it always is beneficial to dig in a bit deeper and, um, you know, select a specific scenario and dig in deeper to figure out how that's going to work. And then you need to define your journey phases. That's really important. I think also beyond the having the larger uh, goal, you need to understand like what's the goal per each of those phases because it does change uh, a bit if you go from awareness to consideration to the buying part. To, so it, it it varies a bit. So it helps like when you're facilitating a uh, journey mapping session, it helps the group better understand how to kind of focus their thinking when they're in a specific phase of that journey. And then obviously it's like, you know, where our goal is to kind of capture those actions and the mindsets, and the emotions of the per persona that we're focused on. So, but we break out the journey map initially as a grid, and then we basically go in there. Everybody contributes. It's a, uh, if it's done in person, it's sticky notes and, you know, Sharpie markers everywhere and whiteboards. Uh, sometimes we do it virtually. Uh, we've done it virtually with clients as well. Uh, where we invite them and we use um, some great collaboration tools to, uh, to, to just work through those uh, journey maps together. And it's, uh, it's, it works the same way, whether it's in person or virtual, which is great. So JC, I want to bring you in here because um, it, it appears to me, or it seems to me that empathy plays a role in this process and probably a pretty Absolutely. critical role in this process. So can you talk a little bit about the necessity or the role that empathy has in creating a customer journey map? Well, there's, there's that, that, uh, the old adage of you are not your users and, you know, so that, that taking that forward, you are not your customers, something that may be very obvious to you because you're a subject matter expert in something, or you really know your business, or you really know your industry may not be as obvious to somebody else. And so we can't assume, 
that you know the people out there uh, in the world are are they have the same knowledge base that you do, or they're feeling the same things that that you are, even if you know depending upon where someone is in in that in that journey, like Cynthia was mentioning, as we look at that grid, is it's am I in an exploratory phase? Am I in a consideration phase? Am I getting close to making a decision? Am I post decision? Um, you know the the that mindset that that person in is is, is critical um, to understand. You know. Uh, how we need to talk to them, how we need to communicate with them, how we need to listen to them as well, um, because we can't assume that everything is going great. Uh, we have to have mechanisms in there in place for them to provide feedback, you know, so we can optimize what we're doing. Um, it's it's part of that that listening. It's it's the the emphasis on why we do so many um, those voice of the customer conversations and those one on one interviews. Um, you know, everyone thinks that they know their customers, and then the customer gets actually gets in front of you. They might tell you something completely different. Yeah. As you guys are talking about kind of the different phases and stages, it occurs to me that each persona could, in theory, it won't always happen, but in theory, each persona could have a different um, a different process for making decisions. So could oh, totally. different stages be customized per persona or by brand? I mean, is or, or are they are we typically talking about awareness engagement? you know, purchase that sort of stuff? Or, or are these are these particular stages customized per per journey? They can be customized. Um, and I think typically it's like when we interview and talk to uh, our clients and we understand, you know, try to gain a, a deeper understanding of how they engage and work with customer historically, what's their, you know, how do they sell? Uh, it may influence some of those stages in our journey map. Uh, we'll also look at, you know, if it's a, a service versus a, um, you know, maybe a website or something different, uh, it's going to change. So, which is nice. We have that flexibility to alter uh, each of those stages per the journey map and really look at the goals of it. Those are the typical stages, but here's an example of what Cynthia is talking about is there may be a journey map that needs to happen. The client may come to us with a problem where, look, these folks are aware of a brand. They already know who we are. They got us. They know who we are. But darn it, we can't get them to push that button. How do we get them to push the button? So it's not as much focusing on the awareness stage because they there's already an awareness of the brand. We want to go you know, a little bit further and find out, okay, why aren't they engaging? Or maybe they're engaging, but they're not converting. So it's we're finding out from our clients where that problem is. So there may not even be an awareness stage necessarily in that journey, because, you know, once we've determined what the client challenge is and what their goals are, you know, you're going to map out those stages so stages to align with that. That's a great point, Laura. It's like you could start it at the exploration phase where maybe they're digging in the right. site, looking for something. Yeah. So we could start at that point. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be at the get me to the website, you know? Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So let's talk about what makes a successful customer journey mapping exercise. So is is that process right for everyone? Like well, how, how does you know, are there certain components or excuse me, certain characteristics of a brand or an industry? Or I mean, is this, is it, you know, it's good for everyone. I mean, ideally, you know, we were using the example earlier that it's good for external communications. It's great for internal communications. You know, we're working with a client now, they want to understand the prospective employee journey, you know, from the time that somebody is 
looking at an ad or they see something on your website that you're hiring, how do we get them to the hiring and then how do we retain them? That's a journey as well. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 there may be more critical or deeper journeys in certain situations, but it's hard for me to think where that wouldn't be a valuable tool. And I think it's just, again, it's a great tool. It's a great method uh, for bringing people together and talk together collaboratively in a um, organized way. Uh, and again, these are um, moments where it's like you could technically have a brainstorm, you know, and we pin up a persona on the wall and we just have a brainstorm and start spitballing and everything else. And, and I mean, it's like that works as well. The, the, the great thing about the journey map is, is that we also, beyond looking at like their emotional state and the actions that they're doing, we're really looking at the touch points. That gets us a bit closer to looking at these whole like uh, omni-channel type experiences. Um, that's like one of the benefits of it, you know, and I think that applies to a bunch of different clients, you know, and, um, you know, that we've worked with in the past, but also, you know, looking at those key opportunities that come out of it, you know, it's like, what are we missing? What are we not doing for them? Like, what are their pain points? And, at, you know, at those certain stages, it's like we might identify pain points that we didn't even realize were there to start with. That being said, it's important that whomever comes to uh, participate in the journey map, they have to understand, they have to review the personas and read any, um, available research that's provided to them before the exercise. Cool. JC, I want to get your thoughts on whether or not, um, you know, you think that this process is, is, is right for everyone. It seems like, seems like it is. Cause I, and I'll, I'll inject a little bit in here for myself. When podcast hosts like me ask a question like that, usually the answer is no. And surprisingly, blah, 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 blah. But I, I'm glad we have like, yes, customer journey mapping can be for everyone. Um, is there are there any, do you have any thoughts as to like why that is? Well, I think, I mean, just looking at Laura's example there of, of a client who is interested in, in knowing more about that perspective higher journey map and like, what are they going through? Um, that's uh, trying to take sort of an abstract concept and, and turn it into something, uh, you know, more actionable. That's a common thing that we try to accomplish for clients when it comes to these websites we're building for them. Um, you know, maybe there's something with lead generation or, hey, we need awareness or we need whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, everybody needs to hire um, and retain great talent to make your business successful. Not a lot of our clients really understand what it's like because when we talked about those generational um, issues uh, earlier on. If your hiring manager maybe is someone my age or maybe someone a little bit older, um, the people you're trying to hire, if you're looking at Gen Z, just looking at analytics data that we've got, a lot of job hunts happen on your phone. And so, you know, they haven't taken that into account that, hey, maybe everybody else is looking at your website primarily on desktop, but those job hunters, they're on their lunch break, they're maybe it's, they're on a subway home, they're, they're, they're commuting and they're searching for jobs on their phone because they're not happy. And so how are you presenting that information on a mobile device um, maybe they don't necessarily apply on the mobile device, but they're going to look. JC, you make back. you make such a good comment there because we deal with this this particular company, and they have field workers that can't be on their phone. So you're so right. It's like so there goes back to the persona and like what is going to work for them, and how do you mm -hmm. reach this guy on the subway to your example with a cell phone, but this guy who's in the field and he doesn't touch a phone or a laptop right. until he's you know, back in the office, he's on a rig somewhere or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. And there's, there's no one size fits all 
solution to all of this. If we can say, here's how you treat all hires for every company that we work with. It's, it's every hiring audience, every demographic. It's going to be a little bit different. And like you said, maybe this one's great with phones. Maybe this one can't get on phones. Um, so it's got to be tailored um, to, to who you're trying to hire. Awesome. So, all right. What are outputs um, of, a, of, a, um, of a customer journey map? And how do you put those artifacts to work? Well, one of the outputs is definitely the customer journey map itself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you do this in person, it's probably a big, long piece of paper with a bunch of sticky notes on it. But um, what we uh, always try to do is uh, create a high, fide high fidelity version of that. Sorry, I'm tongue twisted today uh, of that so that it's a... Um, uh, a cleaner uh, kind of design depiction of the outcome of the journey mapping session. Uh, but even uh, beyond that is the actual UX report of that journey map, uh, which we typically provide to clients and it provides um, the outcomes of the journey mapping experience and really outlines those key opportunities which is great. And we break it down per phase. We uh, summarize to the best of our ability and then definitely document each of those key opportunities, which typically uh, goes into consideration for improvements on their um, services, products, website, you name it. Yeah. Some of the tangible things that, that I think that I get out of these as, as you know, as, as a uh, digital marketing guy, I really like the, the, there's like tactics and messaging. We talked about this a little bit at the top. There's tactics and messaging and things like that that come out of this that really help put bring life to a marketing plan or a marketing strategy. Um, a, a lot of times you can, you know, you can have a rough idea or framework for a marketing plan, but if without something like this, you're relying pretty heavily on best practices or you're relying pretty heavily on maybe past experiences with similar audiences or similar uh, personas. Um, but when you do this, it really helps you fill out with, with pretty astonishing detail, to be completely honest, um, where you need to be, um, what you need to be saying, where you need to be within the, the, jour the journey or the funnel itself, where you need to be catching this audience. And so I think it's really instructive to help like unlock kind of key insights and opportunities. Um, it, and what it does is it, it facilitates you um, creating better brand experiences. Um, and then, like I said, it helps you kind of build targeted marketing plans and really that's that's the outcome you know a lot of what we've been talking what we've been talking about here today is a little bit um especially if you're you're uninitiated maybe a little nebulous right you're like okay what yeah. what is a customer journey map i've never heard yeah. of this. What, what you can get out of this is a roadmap pardon the the mixed metaphor here but like a, a, a roadmap of, of what your customer really is going through, what they're going, to, what they're going to be thinking at different phases, and then to accommodate that, what are the opportunities that come out of their, um, those emotions and those thoughts and those pain points. And, and so I think that really is maybe not the only value, but I think that's a key value in this. You know, so when you drill I've... it down, sorry, JC, when you drill it down to its basics, um, you're getting, you're gaining some deeper insight and deeper understanding of your customer and what business doesn't want that. The more you know about your customer, the better understanding and the more empathy you have, the better you are at 
the better you're going to be at representing your brand, talking about your brand, selling your product, selling your service. I mean, that's the bottom line. You're getting, you're getting to understand that customer better. And that's tremendous value in that. And when we do brand assessments at Brand Extract, you know, we rely on that information. We want to provide that assessment back to the customer, our customer, and say, look at all of these insights, things that we have found from both qualitative and quantitative data, but that customer journey and developing those personas is part of that data. And again, that gives some really valuable behind the curtain kind of information to our customer that they can then take and use to be a stronger corporate brand, you know, provide better products, customer service, whatever it is. Forgive me, JC, for interrupting. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I was going to take a crack at, at my own metaphor that, um, you know, doing this kind of work without personas or, or, or journey maps, it's, it's close to a shot in the dark. Like, you know, best practices can, can get you a ways, but, you know, it's hard to know exactly if this set of best practices is the right one. Um, and so if you're taking shots in the dark, you, maybe you're hitting your target, maybe you're not. Um, but, you know, most of the time, it's, your, your business is, is, is too important to, to risk on a shot in the dark. You want that laser beam focus. You want to know, you know, prior to taking that shot, exactly where you're going to go, exactly where it's going to land, that you're going to hit the bullseye and where you need to be. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the, the key thing, it's like, we always want to know, it's like, what are those pain points? Like, what are we not doing for them? Where are we dropping the ball? And, um, you know, it's like the closer we can kind of, you know, get into their mind and, and feel what they're going through. It's like, that means that when we take a brand from, um, you know, development, we get ready to activate and then, you know, manage it beyond that and everything else. It's, uh, you know, puts us in a better position to make sure that it's like we're putting the messages in the right place. We're talking to them the right way at the right time. So it's a informed, it's a more informed journey in the end. And when we identify those challenges and those pain points, it helps us to know what the best solution is. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is provide these valuable solutions to these, these customers so that, you know, their pain is, I, I just can't sleep at night. So is the solution you need a firmer mattress? Is the solution you need a sound machine? Is the solution you need? So you identify the pain points, but, you're, but all that additional data is sort of leading you to what is going to be that targeted solution for that customer. And that's going to make the customer feel good and trust you, you know, trust the brand even more. And you want to be developing that engagement in that brand trust. So the more you can offer them those little bits of help and solutions and guidance and get them to feel good, you know, back to empathy, JC, but get them to feel good and, and be positive and have a great experience with the brand and trust the brand, you know, all of that is getting you to that end goal. And that, that turns a customer into an advocate and that's, you know, then they're doing your work for you. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Good point. Awesome. Great stuff, guys. Well, I really appreciate it. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thanks for your time. Um, and we'll catch you on the next one. So thanks y'all. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks Chris. Bye. That's it for another edition of solving for B. Did you enjoy the episode? Then check out more content on all things, branding and marketing by visiting brandextract.com. Be sure to also follow us on our social channels like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and even Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to Solving for Bees.